Hey, welcome to the Pharmacy Residency Podcast, a member of the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Uh, I wanted to talk about moonlighting, uh, which is uh, something that uh, we're really talking about uh, the resident here. And I think that uh, while I've talked a lot about getting into residency, uh, I haven't done as good a job at actually talking about what uh, residents need to do and uh, kind of some of the limitations that they have. Um, for some of you, this is going to be a little bit of a surprise. Um, and for some of you, this is going to be something you've been kind of doing uh, all your life. So uh, let's start with what moonlighting is. So as defined by ASHP, it's a voluntary compensated work performed outside the organization or within the organization where the resident is in training and or at any of its related participating sites. Uh, these are compensated hours beyond the resident salary and not part of the scheduled duty periods of the residency program. So your ability to moonlight really depends a heck of a lot on uh, what your staffing requirements are. That is, uh, how much are you supposed to work for the residency and then are you able to do things outside of that residency? Now, I go back to way back when I was a pharmacy student, and because we were the first all D class, we actually had contact still with uh, bachelor's uh, pharmacy students. And I'm not talking about bachelor of pharmaceutical sciences, an undergraduate degree uh, that you get now as a way of kind of getting a degree before you get the, the PharmD but it was the actual degree so you that was it you were done you did two years of undergrad uh, whether at a community college or a four-year school and then you did three years of pharmacy school not year-round but the regular you know it was a regular five-year bachelor's degree it was kind of similar to what architecture students do where they have five years uh, to because it's just so much extra in there uh, that it just doesn't fit into a four-year degree and what those students were doing, the PharmD students, was uh, they would work on the weekends at uh, you know local retails. I think it was uh, Rite Aid that uh, the ones that we were in contact with were working at. And so that was kind of what moonlighting is like. When we talk about residency, though, it's really going to be how much can you handle and whether or not it's a good idea to do it. So some of the academic medical centers especially have uh, what I feel are the most brutal possible staffing hours that you can have, uh, which are basically 12 on to off, where you work every single day, including your staffing, and then you have a weekend off. Uh, and I'll show you where the actual guidelines for that are. There's a reason that it works out to be that, because that's the edge of uh, what someone can do. Uh, but basically moonlighting is your residency doesn't pay you enough to, to get through or get by and uh, you need to do some other things. And I'll talk a little bit about why you may or may not want to you know, continue to do that. All right, so as you kind of look at this document, I feel like I would be terror and horror filled. Uh, as I'm looking at some of these other definition, definitions, which are continuous duty, which is the assigned duty period without a break for strategic napping or resting. And then strategic napping is short sleep periods taken as a component of fatigue management. 
which can mitigate the adverse effects of sleep loss. Basically saying we know that it there are times when you're going to be working 16s or even up to a 24 and you need to sleep uh, so that you don't make mistakes, so that you can uh, get through there. And uh, these are very much in line with what physicians do in, in their residency. Uh, so uh, when you talk about duty hours, though, this does not include reading or studying or preparing for presentations or journal clubs or even travel to and from conferences. Uh, nothing that are hours not scheduled by the residency program director or a preceptor. And again, that's the definition of moonlighting. So let's kind of get uh, down to the maximum hours, which again are in some ways horrific, I think, to, to my senses uh, as someone who uh, has children and, and a life outside of work that is amazingly fulfilling and amazingly flexible. And that is may not be the case uh, with your year, and, and I understand. I'm, I'm seeing uh, kind of the Reddit boards talking about burnout in PGY1, PGY2, uh, and uh, really I, I think that when we look at the PGY1s and we were to ask them, you know, what is it that made you not go on to a PGY2, I think this kind of burnout uh, would, would definitely be uh, kind of top of mind there. So let's look at, at section number two, uh, which is the maximum hours of work per week and duty-free times. So duty hours must be limited to 80 hours per week, averaged over a four-week period, inclusive of all in-house call activities and all moonlighting. So when you talk about that, that means that if you're going to do moonlighting, you can't exceed this 80 hours per week. So if you have a particularly you know, difficult stretch where you're going to be doing you know, so many hours uh, and you say, well, I need to make some money uh, and moonlight, uh, it may not be allowed by the program just because of the, the hour rule. But 80 hours per week is a lot. Uh, usually when I, I hear about residents, I'm hearing closer to the 60 uh, rather than the 80. Um, the other thing that uh, you really want to kind of consider is um, you have to have some way to make sure that the patients are going to be safe and that you can handle such a thing. And that's really a person-to-person -person thing. I don't see why I would be able to handle 80 hours a week. I just don't see that. Um, I did work 77 hours uh, on one week off the next week. Uh, as an overnight pharmacist in you know, community pharmacy. Uh, but that's a very different thing than going around the hospital, talking to others, uh, those types of things, because uh, each time, you know, I would get my 11 hours uh, where I would work at night, and then I would have some, I would actually meet uh, other <laughs> night pharmacists for breakfast, which was kind of cool, and we made it quick because we wanted to get to bed. Uh, and then we went to sleep. And then we got up and, and it was a little bit tough. And, and really that second day is the toughest uh, if you're going on one of these stretches. But then we had an entire week off. And yes, we picked up shifts uh, for you know other stores and things like that. But it was a very different thing where you're like, okay, yeah, I'll pick eight, eight hours over here. I know the store. I know it's you know maybe a store without a drive-through. It just wasn't that difficult. But this kind of thing not only wrecks havoc on your body, 
but wrecks havoc on your relationships. So if you are in a relationship and you're thinking, I need to make more money, then I don't know that this is necessarily the best way to do it. Uh, I get it that some areas of the country are extremely expensive now. Uh, rents, for example, in Arizona have gone up 30% uh, where I own a, a home. And I know that the cost of actually buying a home uh, has gone way up, although the, the rates were down. Uh, now they're creeping it back up and they're still at historic lows, uh, but it's still expensive to either own a home or to rent a home. And I get that you're thinking, okay, well, I just got to just got to work a couple extra hours and then uh, I can make up that difference. Uh, but again, uh, the moonlighting thing, I, I just feel like it, it is absolutely just going into burnout. But just to let you know, there is a document that you can go to. Uh, and what I'll do is I'll put this uh, in the, this may sound strange, but I'm going to put it in the pre-residency audio academy uh, under the, the free um, uh, documents that you can kind of reach just so it's really uh, readily accessible to you. Uh, so you can see it. And maybe I'll just put in, maybe what I'll do is I'll just put in a, a link uh, to that uh, in the academy so that, um, you know, it's just a little bit easier to, to kind of handle. Uh, next thing I want to kind of talk about is what could you do instead? Okay. And I wrote a book called Finding Your Unicorn Job for Pharmacists, Financial Freedom, Flexible Hours, and Personal Fulfillment Beyond the Pharmacy Counter. And uh, if you've never had an audible um, uh, book before, uh, they do allow you that kind of first uh, book free, uh, but you would have to cancel before those 30 days. Uh, otherwise, it ends up being $14.95 a month. So, you know, uh, being completely transparent, um, you would have to listen to it in the first month and then just kind of cancel things if that's something you didn't want to do. Uh, but interestingly enough, Mike Lenz, who is the narrator, actually, I don't think you get a contract with them, but uh, has one of the big publishing houses uh, hire him quite a bit. So his full-time job now is audiobook narration. Now, he's got a really cool story. He was actually the mayor of his town. And just so you know, those types of things don't actually pay a ton. Uh, I know that an Iowa representative, this is not mayor, but this is a representative, uh, makes like $25,000 a year. And then the uh, Senate president, I think, makes $35,000 a year. So these people have jobs and businesses, and this is an additional thing that they do uh, for the state. Uh, but what I wanted to go through was um, the fact that when you have to work more hours than your traditional job, I always recommend that that other job be something outside of it. So while I work as a college professor, I, my outside of work uh, income comes from other things that I do. And yes, that, you know, I have my undergrad English degree and I like writing books and, and doing podcasts and things like that. Uh, but what I wanted to do is just kind of go through uh, some of the people that are inside and, and what they've done. And uh, I'm just going to go through the table of contents and you can look at the table of contents free. Just go to the finding your unicorn job for pharmacists, financial freedom, flexible hours and personal fulfillment beyond the pharmacy counter. And you can kind of go in and talk a little bit or see a little bit about some people that are doing some interesting things. Um, Mike Corvino, uh, who has Core Consult RX uh, in South Carolina, uh, he actually didn't do a residency, but ended up earning his 
board certification. And that might seem like that's really hard to do, and, and it is, uh, but he did all that extra work. Uh, same thing with MedEd 101's Eric Christensen. Uh, he is actually probably one of the best teachers of residency uh, board certification, uh, but didn't need to do one. And the way that I look at these two guys who didn't do residency, and I, and I am not um, disparaging them in any way, I'm actually doing the opposite, which is it's harder to get board certification without residency than it is with residency. And so that takes an amazing amount of uh, kind of self-discipline and those types of things. Uh, so uh, when you talk about you know getting those clinical skills and those types of things, uh, they had to find jobs that allowed them to do that uh, without the residency uh, and then kind of moved on. And this is something that's going to become more popular as uh, we see uh, the number of people actually going through residency decline, uh, and that has declined quite a bit. Uh, myself, I, I have memorizingfarm.com, which has uh, a number of links to pharmacology resources and things like that. Uh, Pharmacy Joe is a critical care pharmacist, uh, and he has pharmacyjoe.com and also has uh, the podcast that he does. And then tldrpharmacy.com. Uh, although he, uh, Brandon Dyson, is an oncology pharmacist and, and now I believe is in administration, uh, he uh, also just really, really kind of dug into the clinical and shares it as well. So we're really five people with podcasts and uh, platforms, I guess you would say. And uh, some of our money comes from. Uh, things that we publish and things that we write, uh, you know, cheat sheets with TLDR, uh, Pharmacies Joe's written a book, uh, I've written, I think, 30 books, uh, MedEd 101, uh, really well known for his courses, and then Mike Corvino uh, also has really cool podcast as well. Uh, when we get to what it is that pharmacists are pretty good at with flexible hours, uh, I find that it kind of comes down to two big things. Uh, either they're helping others with business or career, or they're in kind of a business or career thing, or it's financial. Uh, so we're talking about real estate and uh, we're talking about financial planning. And the big thing that you really wanna kind of uh, think about is, what is it, what is that group that I want to help uh, and I want to help them outside of uh, pharmacy and, uh, you know, how do I want to monetize that? Um, so uh, when I talk about BT Pharmacy Consulting, uh, we're talking about Blair, Blair Telemeyer and the Telemeyer is hard to spell and pronounce. So it became BT Pharmacy Consulting. Um, when you're talking about, uh, you know, the, that kind of flexible thing, uh, Mike Lenz's narration uh, can happen any time of the day. And so when you're talking about finding an opportunity, uh, it doesn't just have to be narration for audiobooks. There is also educational narration and uh, writing and things like that. Pharmacist Moms Group, Pharmacist Dads Group, uh, Pharmacy Leaders Podcast, which has become the Pharmacy Residency Podcast, uh, ResidencyHelp.com has become Residency.Teachable.com, so some things I need to update. Um, pharmacy Inspection is compounding. Uh, pharmacy podcast uh, is Todd Yuri and uh, really just uh, kind of the grand poobah of podcasting in the pharmacy space uh, and having your own podcast. And, and I think that 
uh, he's really done a good job with things like uh, sponsorships and things like that, something that I really haven't uh, kind of leaned into. Um, pharmacy advisory, uh, we're talking about Hillary Blackburn uh, in Nashville. Uh, Rx Ashley, uh, I think she's still out in California. Uh, I haven't talked to her in a while. Uh, Fit Pharmacist uh, was able to leave his uh, community position, Adam Martin. Um, Non-traditional pharmacist out of Michigan, there's actually three of them. Uh, Brian Fung, I know, uh, went on to get an MPH, uh, and that's something that I can talk about in a later episode, you know, what kind of degrees are you thinking about? Uh, and then, you know, Paul Tran has given a lot of advice to pre-pharmacy students for a long time, but it's also very good about investing, and, and that's, <laughs> I think he had three or four jobs at one time, and what the idea behind that was that rather than burn out with a single job and just kind of working overtime uh, to have these other jobs that kind of provide fulfillment, some opportunities to talk to other people and, and just uh, kind of talking to other people about those things. Uh, Real Estate RPH, I'm going to be talking to Nate Hedrick here in, uh, I want to say Friday, I'll be interviewing him for the Pharmacy Residency Podcast. And I think I'm going to go on his show uh, as well. Uh, student Loan Planner, uh, it's a guy in uh, Travis, who I think moved to North Carolina from St. Louis, and he helps people with their student loans. And then your financial pharmacist, uh, Tim Ulbricka, uh, is the CEO of that. Uh, Tim Baker's also as well. I think they're all in Ohio now, uh, so also updating that one. Uh, but just to let you know that what you're really looking for, especially in this space, is is there a job that I can do at home remotely and make some money, but also learn something? Uh, I think that you're really, really asking for burnout if you're going to do something uh, like uh, moonlighting. Uh, but I think that it's easier to kind of just listen to these guys and just hear their stories and just see what resonates with you. Uh, so again, the Kindle is 10 bucks, the audiobook, it's, you know, you can um, listen to it for free, but also you can listen to it on the way to and on the way back from residency. Uh, so it's kind of a way to get inspired about uh, something that you're going to do in addition uh, to residency, but also another skill, because once you do become a clinical pharmacist, it's, it's counterintuitive, but uh, you actually burn out from patient care. And uh, that's, I want to say almost half of physicians are really in that, that uh, situation where they are doing this patient care day after day, have a certain amount of time, and if they're going to be a good practitioner, they have to bring their work home uh, and those types of things. So uh, finding your unicorn job for pharmacists, financial freedom, flexible hours, personal fulfillment beyond the pharmacy counter, I think that's just a really, really great way uh, to kind of dig into uh, that type of thing. And as I'm kind of going through this, I really feel like I should have kind of a, a postgraduate residency course uh, where I'm talking about these things and uh, really, really helping you as you're kind of going through uh, your uh, PGY-1 uh, and on to PGY-2. Uh, so uh, maybe that is something that, that I will do soon. But uh, we're getting on the 20-minute mark, so I'll just kind of hold it there. I know that that's where your commute tends to end. Uh, so again, uh, when you're talking about moonlighting, just to sum up, I think that uh, some of your residencies, it will simply be not allowed. Some of your residencies, it will be impossible because you will be too exhausted to, to keep patients safe as you're doing it. Uh, but I think that it actually is a lot better to kind of start thinking about something that is not pharmacy related, that may not pay as much, uh, but that's going to bring you a lot more satisfaction and actually re-energize you. And you'll still make a couple bucks, 
but I think that that is a much better way to go. Uh, again, if you need my help, residency.teachable.com or TonyThePharmacist at gmail.com.